All right, church, let's go. Stand up real quick for a moment. Stand up. Stand up. Father, we just thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, that we're here. We thank you, God, that you're faithful. We thank you that your word is true, that your word is alive and active. We ask you, God, to, 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 to deposit it deep inside of us right now. Father, that it may take root, that it may grow and change us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You could, you could lower these monitors a little bit. Hallelujah. Anybody excited about the word this morning? Well, all right, here's the title. I want to start with the title this morning. It's May 22nd. Do you know where your faith is? So as far as I could tell, we're all still here. Amen? But I'll tell you what, let us proceed with ever-increasing vigilance and the sobering realization that any day can be doomsday if not for the whole world, for you or for me. Amen? Understand, listen, we're not, you've been hearing a lot about this today, and we're not making light, we're not making fun, because even if the end of the world wasn't this weekend, as most Christians believe it wouldn't be, even if it wasn't here, you can almost see it from here. If you were at the prophetic conference this weekend on the end times, you got a pretty solid teaching on, on what needs to happen before such a day comes. And the reality of it is that many of the signs that the Word speaks of that will come to pass are coming to pass. So a lot of things that were written thousands of years ago, we're starting to see, if you, if you listen to the news, if you hear what the president's doing, if you hear what, what Israel, and, and, and if you hear what everything's going on, if you listen and, and, and just be awake, You'll see that a lot of things that the Word was written thousands of years ago is starting to line up right now. Right? So it leads me to my quote today. One of the illusions of life is that the present hour is not the critical or decisive hour. Church, not Saturday, May 21st at 6 p.m., but today is the day of salvation. Today, if you're listening today, today is the day of salvation. This whole week, I don't know how you guys have been feeling about it, but this has been pressing on my heart. I've been wrestling with all this attention that this prediction has gotten. Probably more than most people, because everybody I talk to seems pretty calm and relaxed, and I'm like bothered the whole week. And, and, you know, I, I looked on his website, and people from all over the world, they were wrapping their cars in, in advertisements. People from all over the world are, are sending in videos, and, and this one family, it was a, a, a husband and a wife and three daughters, and they said, you know what, we quit school, we quit work, we quit everything, we sold everything, we bought a trailer home, and the trailer home is wrapped with May 21st, 2011. The great earthquake, the rapture, and they've just been driving cross-country, homeschooling their kids, and then they said, we even stopped homeschooling, because what's the point? 
so set and so convinced that this was it. There was a New York City man, a retired MTA employee, who spent his life savings over $100,000 to put those ads that we saw in the buses and trains. Anybody saw them? I took this picture myself on Thursday. Every, it seemed like every other day I was, I was on one of these trains that had this sign and, and, and this was the typical reaction of the people. If, if this guy ever finds out I took his picture and I'm using it, I'm sorry. If you're on the internet, I'll pay you, I'm sorry. But it's such a perfect example, isn't it? There it is right there in full color, in black and white, in living judgment day, May 20th. This was Thursday. So, so there it is right there. It's saying global earthquake this Saturday and Thursday. My man's chilling. And I'm looking around at everybody and people are coming and going. And it seems like, am I the only one reading? Is this in, in Puerto Rican? Am I the only one reading this? That Does nobody else understand what this says? Like, why aren't you flipping? Why aren't you talking about it? Why, aren't, why isn't there a buzz? Why, why isn't people just pull up to the train and read it and just stop? Why isn't anybody shaking? Why isn't anybody even... It, to me, it seemed like I'm the only one on the train contemplating it. And I'm the pastor. I should know better. And it's not that, it's not that I believed it, but... It, what, what bothered me was I, I just knew all the damage that it's going to cause. I just knew that, that, that it was going to cause so much damage. I mean, what does this do to all the Christians who have been doing outreaches up until this point? What does it do to all the churches that have really been, you know, trying to, trying to get into the community and trying to tell people and trying to spread the gospel? What does this do? Church, we were the biggest joke all week. Right? The biggest joke all week was Christians. The biggest joke on Twitter, there were Twitter jokes. People were, were putting, um, uh, my rapture playlist. And so everybody was putting the last songs that they want to hear as they die at the end of the world. That's a joke. Like, nobody was serious. People, people had, you know, their, I mean, every, oh, on Twitter, on Facebook, and everybody was, was making these jokes. They were the biggest jokes. The biggest joke this week was doomsday, was the rapture. The biggest joke was the end of the world. I hate that. I hate that. It, it was such an attempt to set the kingdom of God back, and it was such an attack of the enemy that, that if we really saw it as that, we'd be a lot angrier than we were. It's like the little kid who cried wolf story, right? The end is near, the end is near, the end is near, the end is Saturday, the end is at 6 o'clock. Okay, maybe it isn't. And so what? Next week we start preaching again. The end is near. The end is near. Repent, man. You need Jesus. And people go, right. <laughs> yeah, okay. And so now you go and, and, and share the gospel with somebody in an outreach. You give them a track and they, look, they won't even look at it now. I mean, it was already taboo, but now it would be like, are you serious? Really? When, when is it coming? Next week? What happened? Did it rain on Saturday? Is that why? 
God didn't come in the rain or what was it? It was too hot. It was too... All the jokes, right? All the jokes. Everybody heard all the jokes this week? You know the damage that that's done to the outreaches and to, the, to, to everything? Listen, if I want to pretend that it just never happened, but we can't. We can't. The truth is this. Every minute, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but every minute, 108 people die in the world. These are two 2010 numbers. Every minute, every day, 156,000 people die. What does that mean? That by the end of this message, by the end of the next couple of minutes, the end, by the time we wrap up today, there will be 4,000 people would have died. Is that sobering? I know we don't, we don't think like that, right? Because, you know, we know that people die and we know there's people in our families die. But, but for us, it happens like once in a while, right? But 4,000 by the end of this church service would have died and, 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 and gone and, and would know now what happens after. So church, the gospel must still be preached. Amen? And that's why, church, we're going to keep going through the Bible, book by book, chapter by chapter. And I'm so excited to be preaching through the book of James because it is hardcore truth. And we're in some hardcore times. Anybody, anybody feel it? We're in some hardcore times. I believe the body of Christ needs it right now. They, we have to learn how to be truly radical. But, but, but hear me out. Because a lot of times when you say radical, people think crazy. When you say radical, people think stupid. People think annoying. Right? we got to be radical. Everything has to have a cross on it. Everything has to say Jesus. Everything, everything has to be, oh, praise God. You know, but I had a, a, a turkey in Swiss. Oh, Jesus is so good because Jesus made turkeys and... And Jesus made them all oh man, and, and you start, you know, testifying about turkey and cheese, and, and people look at you like, you are a psycho. Really? Are you a psycho? You're one of those May 21st people, aren't you? What's the new date? So, so that's not what I mean by radical. I see, now I, I don't mean radical like wrapping your car in an advertisement that the end is near. How about, not, not radical like spending <coughs> your life savings on advertisements. With a date that the end is going to happen. Not radical like screaming on the street corners and yelling at people that God is sick of your sin. How many of you have seen that? Repent. The end is near. God is so angry. God is so sick of you. When are you going to turn from your sick, stupid life? Anybody heard that kind of preaching on the streets? It, I, I hide. I go, oh God. You just don't want to be associated with, you know, with that. So, so I don't mean radical like this. How about radical in our love for people? How about radical in our service? How about radical in our worship? Maybe it's time to, to get sweaty during worship. Amen? Maybe it's time to, to take it to another level, man. Maybe it's time to, listen, listen, I, I, I can't keep sitting in the aisle. I gotta go, I'm gonna go get lessons and learn an instrument. Cause I gotta, I gotta jam. I gotta, I gotta praise God. Amen? 
Listen, so that you know we need some trumpets, we need some saxophones, we need some violins. So go get those lessons. Go do it. Get radical, man. Get, it's, 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 we'll build the stage bigger if we need to add more musicians. It's okay. All right? I give you license. Go do it. Some of you have an instrument that you've always dreamed in your head. Go do it. Go. Take a lesson. Stop being cheap. Amen? As a matter of fact, I think Jason and the Boca Chica, they know every instrument. So they could, they could, you could take lessons from them. They'll give you a special TSF price. Good, good, good commercial, right? They know every instrument. Pick one and they'll teach you. So how about radical in our worship? How about radical in our commitment to God? How about radical in our love for God? How about radical in our dreaming? Radical in, in going after what God has for us? Radical in, in taking the, the body of Christ to another level? I mean, I mean radical like that. Amen? Listen, I'm angry about what's happened, but I'm excited at the same time. We started this series on the book of James a couple of weeks back. And we're all the way up to James chapter 1. Woo, breezing through this book of James. Easy book. But listen, the truth is this. If you get James 1, if you can move on from chapter James 1, you'll be a different person. Anybody agree? I'm telling you, you'll be a different person. Listen, if, 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 you, if you're not, then you haven't gotten it yet. If you haven't changed in the last couple of weeks, you're not listening. Listen. Why are you here? Let's listen. Amen? Listen and check it with the Word. Listen, check it with the Word, and ask God to add revelation to it. That's the only way it'll get real. I'm not that good. Okay, so, so listen to the, to the little bit of nonsense that maybe God could use through me and then check it with the word which is inspired and, and amazing and then ask God for revelation on that little and it'll, it'll just blow up in you and you'll be an amazing person. Amen? You need that. We need that. Uh, otherwise, you're not getting it and, and we'll have to do James 1 for the whole year. So, I mean, the book of James, the more I look into it and dig in to the whole first chapter, the book of James is like a master's degree in Christianity. I mean, if you get it, you are, you are hardcore. You ready? Anybody knows where it is in your Bibles? Open it up. James 1, 2 says, Under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. It's May 22nd. Do you know where your faith is, church? James has already told us a lot of things in, in chapter 1. He's told us, count it all joy when you meet trials of any kind. Listen, for, for some of you thinking this weekend was the end of the world, that was a trial. You were scared. Anybody admit to being scared? Even a little bit? Come on. Come on. Even though we know, right? We know. We know the word says this and we know the word says that, but that kept hammering in your head. All the, uh, I'll be honest with you, up until Friday night, I had a, a little dis disclaimer at the top of this message. I said, if I'm not here, <laughs> then, um, but then, then I added to it, but then I said, wait a minute, if I'm not here, then hopefully everybody with the keys shouldn't be here. So this building's not even going to be open. 
And then I, then I started thinking, wait, wait, hold, my, my family be gone. There ain't be none of those people up in here, but maybe they're friends or somebody, right? But then they'll be outside the building. And then I started just going too far. I said, oh, forget it. It's not going to happen anyway. But you got to think about it, amen? So James has already told us, men, know that the testing of your faith, it develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work in you so that you can be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So James has already told us that. James has already told us that if we lack wisdom, he says it right in James 1, if you lack wisdom, ask God. Isn't that great? Too many of us, we run to Hybels, and we run to Mark Driscoll, and we run to John Piper, and we run to... Stop! God says, ask me. You run to your pastor, you run to your assistant, your associate. Stop! God says, ask me. James, James says, ask God, and God who is faithful will give you wisdom. A lot of us don't know because we're asking the wrong people. Amen? It's Okay? So he's already told us that when we persevere to the end, we're going to receive the crown of life that God has promised to those that love him. That's amazing. He's already told us that we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. That's enough to change your life already, isn't it? So many of us, we're so quick to talk. We're so slow to listen. Right? And, and we get angry faster than a Porsche. We go from zero to, to, to PO'd right away, right? He's already told us the real simple one. Do not merely listen to the word. Do what it says. Because a man who hears and doesn't do is like a man who looks intently in the mirror and then walks away and forgets who he is. Church, it's too easy to look into the Word only on Sunday and then forget who we are by Monday. Anybody? That's why we have to be doers. We have to be listeners. We have to be, you know, we have to hear and act on what we hear. Amen? Now listen, I know I'm summing up again, but, but some of you have been away and I want you to get it. Some of you have been away and I want you to catch all. I don't want you to miss James 1. And then some of us, like me, we need to hear things four or five times before it starts the process. Anybody? You admit to, to being, right? And so we need to hear things a couple of times. So I know I'm summing things up, but, but it's good. God does it, so I'm going to do it. Amen? That's, Jesus does it. I want to do what he, what he does. So otherwise, the Bible would probably be like, you know, 15 pages. Right? But the truth is, it just gets repeated again and again and again in different ways, from different places, from different um, cultures from the, it's amazing, but it says the same thing. All right. So last week we 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 uh, had a message titled "Religious but Not Right," and we talked about how our religion can be worthless. Anybody was here for that one? I got a lot of hate mail. No, I got a, I got some good some good mail on that. Apparently that that really um, struck a chord with some of you. I think that's something that we need to talk about more in church. Right? Can we just be going through the motions? And really just going through the motions is worthless. And then you wonder why you really, you don't have that fire. You don't have that zeal. You don't, you don't really do anything. You don't really, nothing really changes. Why? Because you've just been going through the motions for so long. And you think, well, you know, I've been in, I've been in church 10 years. I, I, should, I should be different by now. 
But the thing is, you haven't done anything different. If you keep doing the same thing, you're just going to be the same person. Amen? Right? And, and you know the whole, the whole adage, you know, you can go to Kentucky Fried Chicken every day, but you're never going to be a chicken just by going there. You can sit in, that, in, the, in, the, in the greasy place all day long. You can work there. You're not going to be a chicken just by working there. Amen? Same thing as in church. So, so verse 26, right at the end of, of, of 1, it said, we talked about this last week, if anyone thinks he's religious but doesn't know how to bridle his tongue, doesn't know how to control his tongue, and, and he deceives his heart and a person's religion is worthless. And that's some hardcore Bible right there. For James to tell you, man, if you think you're religious but you don't know how to control yourself, your religion is worthless. And so, you know, we summed it up with this, your, your walk with God is useless if it doesn't translate into the way you live and the way you treat people. See, Jesus made it all about people. Jesus said the greatest command is this, love God with all of your heart. And the second is just like it, love each other, love people. So, so if you don't do any of those, everything else is stupid. You can walk in water, you can speak in tongues, you can sing, you can dance, you could, you could teach, you could, and you could do a million things, but it's useless if you don't do the two things God, Jesus said. He said, uh, the, the sum of all the commandments is summed up in this. Love God and love each other. Love people. So family, if, if we're going to spread the gospel in this society, especially moving forward from this day on, we're going to have to live the gospel instead of talking the gospel. Amen? Because the world is sick of hearing it. People are sick of hearing the talk. Whenever, from this point on, especially, whenever you're going to, you, you say something like, uh, and, and it includes any of the buzzwords, Jesus, rapture, end of the age, you're going to be tuned out. You're going to be lumped in. So, so I, I think there's a time coming now where we need to live the gospel. We need to, we need to live. Now I'm not saying we shouldn't do outreaches. I'm not saying, yes, we will, I'll get into that in a minute. But, but I'm saying as a whole, the way we need to spread the gospel is to live it. It's gotta be real in you. It's gotta be so real in you that people ask you, like, what's up with you? How come you're not doing this? How come you're not hungover on Monday? How come you're not this? How, it, it has to be, we have to get to where we're the salt, right? We make things, salt makes people thirsty, don't it? Jesus said we're the salt. So we need to make people thirsty. We need to make people, man, I want some of that, that, that local that you're drinking. I want some of that stuff that you're drinking, man. What are you, what is it that you're having? You're making me thirsty for what you have. And that's that's kind of the, man, I, I think that's the way we really need to spread the gospel from this point on. Amen? So James talks about a religion that was worthless. But we never got into the last sentence of James chapter 1, verse 27, where he tells us what true religion is. So what is true religion? You guys always ask the right questions. That's awesome. I love this church. Okay, I'll tell you. James 27 says this, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. And he says two major things. 
He says, number one, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. And number two, to keep oneself unstained from the world. The message says it this way, real religion, the kind that passes muster before God and the Father, is this, reach out to the homeless and the loveless in their plight and guard against corruption from the godless world. So what is he saying with these examples, man? This is really something that we got to dig into real quick. What is he saying? Is he saying that the only two ministries that we should have in the church is the widow's ministry, the orphan's ministry? And the homeless ministry? Is, is that what this word is saying? That that's the only, that we should cut the women's ministry, we should cut the men's ministry, ixnay on the youth ministry. The only ministry that God is interested in is the widows and the homeless and the orphans. Isn't that what the word is saying right here? Let's go a little bit deeper. Why would James use this example? Could it be, I submit to you, could it be because when you serve the homeless, when you serve the widow, when you serve the orphan, you don't expect to get anything back? How many of you ever gave, you know, you ever gave a dollar to a homeless guy and say, next, next week I want three? <laughs> right? Or you got real crazy and you say, I'm going to give you five, but when you get back on your feet, you're going to take care of me. No, right? You never expect that. You never, you know, when, when you help somebody that, that has nothing, you never, I mean, at least you shouldn't, you never in your mind say, man, one day this person's going to be real well-to-do and they're going to take care of me and my family. No, you know that when you give in that area, you know you're not getting anything back. Could it be maybe that God wants us to that place where we can give and not expect anything back? Could it be that God wants us to be selfless, Givers, selfless lovers. How many of you know it's easy to love the lovable? Right? It's easy to love, uh, like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you a, a perfect example. We can, we can pick people, like Aixa. Isn't it like the easiest, isn't she the easiest person in the world to love? Anybody that knows her, if you don't know her, know her today, you'll love her. You can, there's just so many people that are so easy to love. You just look at them and you want to love them. I love you, mama. Don't be embarrassed. You know, there's people that are easy to love, but, but, but Jesus, James is telling us, love the loveless. Love those that aren't getting any love. Love those that don't love you back. Oh, that's rough. We should just shut down right now. Close the book. Let's just pray. Love those that, that don't give back to you. That's, that's rough stuff. Amen? It's easy to, so James is telling us to love the loveless, love the unloved, the unloved. Does that mean that we shouldn't serve the homeless, that we shouldn't care for the widows and, and care for the orphans? No, of course not. That's obvious. And that's something, church, that we need to, as a church, figure out a way to do that. You know, we've always used the excuse, well, we're a new church, we're a new church. Well, we're not a new church anymore. Right? So we need to, we need to come together with the leadership and when, and, and, and your hearts, you're part of this. And, and now as you start becoming members, you, you have to join with us and we have to find ways to meet those needs in this community. Right? But, but, but see, you, you, it's real easy to sit there and say, well, the church should be doing this and the church should be doing that. 
But the truth is the leadership is already doing too many things. And, and I have a rule with the leaders that I don't want them out every night of the week. I don't want them coming. Why do you think we have prayer every other week? Because I don't think prayer is important? No. I think it's super important and you shouldn't miss one night that we have a prayer. You should because, because you're a part of this body. You should come to prayer. You should pray with the body. You should be a part of that. But the reason I have it every other week is because I don't want the, the same leaders to just kill themselves, be out every night of the week without their kids, without their families, or dragging, their, dragging everybody and, 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 and the kids are not getting to bed in, in time for school and the kids are always out. and the kids, it's, just, it's causing havoc on the family. I don't want that. Our whole thing is about building healthy families. And we can't build healthy families if, 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 the, if mom or dad is, is always in church. Anybody, anybody listening? Anybody all right? So, so it's clear, man, that we have to address these needs in the community, but, but we, we, need, we, need, you know, we need to address these needs in the community. There's a, there's a shelter right down right down the, the, the block that, that we just got connected to, and, and I think we did one, one little thing with them, but, but we, should, we, should be, we should be ministering there. We should be doing things there. We should be adopting families from there. We should be helping these. I, I think that, that, that one in particular is for ladies and children. We should be adopting them. We should be bringing them in. We should be helping them get started. We should be helping them get on their feet, supporting them and being with them. Amen? But, but somebody here has to get that. Somebody here has to catch that vision and say, yeah, I, I, I can get with that. Amen? Talk to Pastor Gary. Listen, and that stuff is obvious, but the truth of the matter is, though, we can have an outreach where we serve 200 meals to people who are less fortunate and walk away, and our religion could still be worthless. You could do the right things for the wrong reasons. Right? You guys are getting real quiet. I'm sorry. In order for us to be practically radical, we have to learn how to be radically practical. Some Christians are so spiritual, they're no good to anybody. Do you get that? And and please, if, if you're listening, if you're new here, that's not the place where we want you to be. That's not, the, that's not what we're trying to build here. I know you, you might come new if you've only come for a couple of weeks or you've been a couple of months and you see like the crazy people in the front worshiping and the crazy people up here leading worship and you might think, oh, that's, that's like the goal, that's where we... No, that's, that's a personal thing, that, that worship. That's a personal thing. We, we want you to be radically practical. James says if, you're, if your brother's hungry... Don't pray for them. Feed them. Isn't that crazy? What a radical thought. James says somebody comes to you and they're hungry. You say, oh, I I bind that hunger in Jesus' name right now. (laughs) I bind it. I take authority over it. I stomp on it in Jesus' name. No, I don't have any small bills or nothing, brother, but um, but I'm going to keep praying for you, man. You're going to be all right. That's not radical. Radical is look without even looking. Say here, man. God, God supplies for me, and now you know God will supply for you. Amen. Don't don't try to run up and get the money. Relax. <laughs> Slow down. Radically practical. Amen. 
Listen, because the truth is you could go on that outreach, you could pack the lunches, you could serve the drinks, you could spend eight hours with us in the streets sweating someplace, serving these people. But if you come back from the outreach and you can't even love the loveless right in your house or right in the church, if you can't forgive people around you and work with them and walk with them in the love of God before and after the outreach, then your religion is worthless worthless it don't matter if you're the captain of the homeless team you could be worthless it doesn't matter if you're the worship leader you could be worthless your religion I know this is rough right I'm sorry I love you though I, I really do I'm not like an angry person in case you don't you don't know me I'm really a nice guy I'm not and I hope I'm not coming across angry. It's just, this, this is some hardcore truth. Right? And we just got to get this. Because I'm, I'm, just, I'm just tired of, of, of worthless religion. I'm tired of worthless Christianity. I'm tired of worthless churches. I'm tired of churches that just build church to build church but don't impact the community. I'm tired of churches that, listen, if the, the truth of the matter is if this building were to close down today, would anybody in the community miss us? Besides the bodeguero that we give a lot of money to. He'd be crying maybe. He's like, oh man. I used to get paid Sunday. <laughs> you know? But we have to be to the place and, and listen, as we take this building and expand and do the other side, and I want to build something on the other side. I want to, we're going to have a huge kitchen area. I want to do something on the other side. I want us to do something where we can do something in this community. Not just for us. Not make bigger lunches for us. Not, you know, make it more comfortable for us. Not, not just having a whole bless me club for us so we can sit around and, and bless each other. But that, that, we, that the community would know, listen, if I'm in trouble, I'll run to that building. Because that's a sanctuary. If I need something, I'm going to run to that building because that's a sanctuary. If I need to just get some love on and get hugged on, I'm going to run to that building because for some strange reason, those people hug and love on you and they don't even have to know you. I want the community to know that. Not, not that they, that I don't want the community to think, oh no, that, not that place because, you know, I don't have the right clothes to go into that place. That's one of the main reasons, besides that I don't want to wear a suit and tie because I sweat too much, but, but that's one of the main reasons that we don't want this whole dressy, dressy thing, you know, fancy, fancy, because I don't want anybody in the community that we're in to say, I, like where, where I live, man, there is some beautiful churches. In Westchester, wow, there are some churches, and you see people get out the cars, and it is beautiful. It's runway status, you know? They get out the cars, the flashes are, flack, you know, are flashing, and they're like, And they're beautiful people. Like their clothes are flawless. Everything matches. The, the beads on the shoes matches the beads on the hat. It's just beautiful. You want to take pictures. I pull out the phone and be like, you guys are gorgeous. But I know that if I had to go to church, I know I couldn't go there. Because I may be able to pull it off once, but after that I'm going to run out of those kind of clothes. You know? And so, so I know that that's probably a great place, and I'm not, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not preaching against that church and saying they're doing anything wrong. I'm just saying, that's not what I want us to be, because I don't want somebody to say, man, I really just need to, you know, be around some 
people today and just really love God, but I don't have the clothes to go to that place. I want people to know I could go there in my stinky tank top and people will still love me for some crazy reason. And then somehow in that, understand that that crazy reason is because God loved us in our stinky tank tops. Amen? See, a real walk with God shows itself in simple and practical ways. It helps those in need. It's a light to the lost. A real walk with God shows itself loving. A real walk with God shows itself giving. A real walk with God shows itself in practical ways. James says, if your brother's hungry, feed him. Could it be that God wants for us to walk in the kind of love that he modeled for us? There's a thought, isn't it? Could it be that, you know, that, that love that, that, that he laid his life down for us knowing that we couldn't pay him back? Knowing that we were going to love him when things are good, but we were going to doubt him when things got hard? Could it be that God is modeling that kind of love? Worship team, you guys can come. So that's one part of that verse. The next one is just as important about what is a, you know, a religion that is true and, 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 and meaningful to God. The first part was to look after orphans and widows in their distress. The second part of that verse was to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. To keep oneself unstained by the world's corruption. We're going to deal with that next week. We'll put a big to be continued right here. I want to close today with this. How did this whole end of the world thing affect you? I mean, outside of all the jokes, outside of all the, the stuff that, outside of all our, you know, that Christian wisdom that we have, that we say, well, you know, everybody knows that one verse. God says nobody knows that Jesus is going to come like a thief in the night. But if you went and read his, his website, you'll see a lot of scripture in there that can trip you up. And you'll see that there's a lot of truth in his scriptures, but, but they're, they're, you understand? So how did this, how did this whole end of the world, deep inside, how did this whole thing affect you? Did it make you nervous? Did it frighten you? Did it make you perhaps evaluate your life? Church, don't be embarrassed about that because God allows things to happen so that we can so that we can focus on some things so that we can God allows trials to 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 bring out that perseverance in us to make us mature and complete lacking nothing amen I know every chance this week that that I got to be at somebody's desk and they started with the jokes and I, I would joke around with them joke around with them and then I would wait and as soon as I got the opportunity I would throw this one in there I guess you just have to be ready, right? And then I noticed with some people that would flip the conversation real quick. Like, so anyway, my computer's acting slow and, you know, I don't know what else to... Really? 
Some people would dismiss it right away, but I, but I, I made a point. I said, man, this, this is giving me an opening. This person's upset about this. This person's thinking about it. He's talking about it. So I would always throw in there before I left with the jokes, before anything. I said, well, I guess we just got to be ready. I said, I know that's, that's crazy, but we just got to be ready, right? Because you never know. And so Friday, the weirdest things, as everybody's leaving work Friday, everybody's saying these weird goodbyes. Did anybody experience that at your job? People said like weird goodbyes. They were weird about it. Like, well, uh, maybe see you Monday. People were saying, well, maybe somebody was talking about their bills. I said, you know what? Don't pay them till Monday. Right? Because that way if it happens, it doesn't matter. If it doesn't happen, you'll still have to pay them Monday. But people were acting weird toward the end of the day. And, and, and so my, my words to them were always just, well, you know, you got to be ready, I guess. And I didn't want to get all preachy and get all, you know, ridiculous. And, and I'm not going to try to do that right now at this moment. But the bottom line is it's May 22nd. Do you know where your faith is? There are hundreds, possibly thousands of people right now really evaluating their faith this morning. Since 6 p.m. came and passed and no earthquakes and no dead rising and no Christians disappearing and no judgment and no doomsday and yet over 150 people died yesterday and had to face whatever it was that came after that. So church, do you know where your faith is? Today, I I love the Word because today you can know for sure because the Word tells us. And we don't have to take any wacky calculations from men to determine. It's simple and it's clear. Listen to this last verse today, Romans 10. Do not say in your heart who will go to heaven and who will descend into the abyss. But, but what does it say? The word is near you and it is in your mouth and it is in your heart. And that is the word of faith that we are proclaiming. Listen. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Can we just bow our heads for a moment? Let me ask you one last time, family. You could be a visitor today, or you could be a regular here. It doesn't make a difference. Today I'm asking you all to make sure that your family Let's make sure that we can be sure today And if, if this whole thing, if this whole message, if this whole thing was just for one person in this place Wow, we'll all still be just as excited and the kingdom will still rejoice So I'll ask you one time If you need to be sure that you are ready, whether it be today, whether it be tonight, whether it be a year or ten years from now, one day we will all 
have to meet the Lord. One day we will all bow down. We will all confess that Jesus is Lord. But on that day, it'll be too late. And family, I don't want any of you to get left behind. This, this whole thing has really just kind of had an impact on me. I don't want any of you to get left behind. I don't want any of you to not know. I don't want any of you to... So somebody said on, on Twitter, they wrote, if maybe it did happen, but so many people were unqualified that, that so few people left that nobody noticed. And I said, wow. That person does not think does not feel that they're qualified, that they could ever be qualified, that nobody could be qualified enough. And the truth is, none of us can. The Word says we all fall short. We're all filthy. But the Word says and we could all be saved. Anyone that trusts in Him, that confesses. And so I'm going to ask you right now, if that's you, if you need to make that decision today, and if God has brought you here for this time, for this moment, and ask that you would just kind of raise up a hand, just get our attention. Amen. Just say, that's me. I want to make that decision. I want to confess with my mouth. I want to believe in my heart. I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Pastor Gary, would you come? I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Pastor G, would you lead them in that prayer? Amen. If you just raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. It's not saying this prayer that's going to save you. But if you raised your hand, it means that you've made a decision that you're making Jesus the Lord of your life, that you're going to turn away from running your life your own way. Being a Christian, it means I've got a new boss, and his name is Jesus. And I love him with all of my heart. And I'm choosing right now to turn control of my life over to him. So if you raised your hand before and that's not what you meant, better put your hand down because this prayer won't help you. But if you're saying right now, Jesus, I give you my heart, I give you my life, everything that I am. See, that's the radicalness that Pastor George was speaking about. It means... I give you my emotions. I give you my mind. I give you my free time. I give you my family. So if that's you, I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer. Say, Father, just repeat this if that's you. In the name of Jesus... I turn my life today over to your control. I give you all that I have and all that I am because I want to be your child. I love you with all of my heart.
And I want to live for you. I want to make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you just pray that prayer, you can know for certain that if Jesus would choose to come back right here and right now, that you would be caught up in the clouds and that you live forever and ever in his kingdom. Yes, amen. Welcome to the family of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's worship. Let's worship. Come on. Stand to your feet before we go. Let's worship.